random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Hi, this is Philip Kennedy Johnson of Incredible Hulk, Alien, Action Comics, and Green Lantern, and you're listening to The Marvelists with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the Zoom and string, we are joined with Philip Kennedy Johnson. He is a comic writer responsible for work on such titles as the Green Lantern, the Superman, and of course, the Aliens and the Incredible Hulk. We are joined with him right now. Philip, good evening. Hey, Peter. How's everything going? Pretty good. And there's there's an Eddie too, Eddie. Yes, hello. <laughs> hey, Eddie. So, Thank you for doing this, as Peter went oh, on. Oh, man. Here. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. So we are talking with you. First off, you're working on everyone's favorite green Goliath, the Incredible Hulk, although I do find it funny. It's not the first time you've worked on a green character, but I digress. No, uh, with the Incredible Hulk, what is your first introduction to the character and like what made you be like, wow, I like this guy? <laughs> My first man, I don't even know. I It's one of those cultural touchstones that is just so omnipresent. I can't imagine. I can't remember a time not knowing who that was. Um. I just remember like playing him on the playground with, with other kids, like before I could even pronounce it, you know, like <laughs> just how it's, um, I mean, the, the Hulk concept, the, the brilliance of the Hulk concept is that it's just, it's one that any little kid can get, um, and understand and love. But then as you get older and you get, you know, think about the nuances of it and everything you can really do with it. Like, it's just one of those things that you can just kind of deep dive on and actually tell really meaningful stories with it too. All right, so because it's so. beginning, Philip, it's almost sounded like you were child a child bully from some sort. You really <laughs> boy, is that not true? I was well, you know. I guess the <laughs> when a you know a kid gets, you know, I was actually really kind of small and sickly for my age, and I got I got smacked around a lot. Oh, uh, and I just just the concept of the guy that got really mad and big and strong and everything. Like just, I just remember being really little and thinking like, I'm going to eat a ton of food and get super big and strong and going to be super tough. And um, I don't know, just the idea of the the rage monster, like I said, that it's like that little kid power fantasy thing, you know, but then later on you start to see more, you know, take more meaning from it. I don't know. I, it's, I really love the Hulk concept. And, um, and now we're getting to tell stories about it that matter to me a lot. I mean, I've always tried to tell stories that really matter to me and just kind of dress them up in comic booky ways. Um, you're definitely yeah. too young to get the Popeye uh, ed- edition of it by eating your spinach. And oh, Eddie, but, Eddie, Eddie. but the whole thing, no, I get it with the Hulk and stuff. So, you know, it's, it started at a very young time, I guess. I don't know if it was in, in anything television-wise for you or actually comic books that you first encountered, the Green Goliath. Um, and then, It would have been comics. Um my dad would always bring home these boxes of, of ripped up old books from like garage sales and flea markets and stuff. Um, just, you know, whenever he could find something that were basically free, he would just come back with, with boxes of, of old uh, comics that are just in terrible shape, but um, they kind of evolved into these three big stacks. Like I, I, I separated them by, 
like just kind of instinctively separated by by DC, Marvel, and then the like the comic book or the the cartoony ones like uh, like the forerunners to Ducktales, basically things like uh, Uncle Scrooge and Huey, Dewey, and Louie and uh, Beagle Boys and that kind of stuff. It's um, kind of, it's kind but of the, that because we were talking off mic about Terrificon and Don Rosa was there and you know oh my god I had a yeah. ton of that stuff. He's such a nice guy. And like that work is, it holds up phenomenally well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I had all, all those uh, old Gladstone and golden key books. Um, so I would just kind of get in a, get on a streak where I would just read one of those three piles endlessly, you know, and the Marvel ones, there were um, a lot of those were these uh, Marvel team ups where you'd see Spider-Man team up with just whoever, you know, that, that week, usually like a one or a two shot, um and I, that's kind of how i got to know the whole marvel roster and um there were a few incredible hulk issues too but there was also a couple issues of spider-man that had hulk in it um god what else there was a that's a couple of adventure of avengers issues i can't remember but yeah hulk was all the way through there and i do remember seeing him in like cartoons and things too um and like toys and it's just one of those things that was always around i don't know like i don't know mickey mouse or anything else it's just one of those things that's always kind of been there well you know what as soon as you mentioned marvel team up i immediately went to spider-man and incredible hulk and i think that's where i first got into that uh title myself and i think it was in the 50 low 50s 52 53 with the the issue numbers and stuff and wood god was the uh the foe in this one and it was the new mexico desert it was really serious cool stuff yeah man those old stories i those issues actually um, not the Wood God one specifically, but those kinds of stories, the ones that have really short arcs, just one issue or two issues um, where you're kind of walking through the entire Marvel universe, meeting everybody, um, just attracting things to you and having adventures. That is a huge influence on the run that we're doing now. I really wanted this to be just a run of constant jumping on points where we're seeing and celebrating the whole monstrous side of the Marvel U. Um, and also introducing a lot of new characters into that bestiary. So that, that's kind of the mission statement going forward. The whole thing for now, at least, is just this big adventure across the American South. Because there's a lot of stuff in the, in America that I think, and in the Southern U.S. especially, that's just kind of creepy and beautiful and haunting and in a way that I think lends itself really well to characters like Hulk, especially following the Al Ewing run um, of Immortal Hulk, where the, the horror thing just worked so well um for hulk it just it was so effective it's almost kind of shifted um what the hulk's going to be from now on you know i just think it's it's it was too successful in that way to to not at least hint at it um going forward no i i want to just go all the way in and do more do more horror stuff for a while i mean it's you know it goes without saying but truly you know with uh following in the footsteps of uh al ewing's immortal hulk you really do have I really can't believe I'm making this joke. Gigantic, yeah, just gargantuan shoes. Nice. Oh, no shoes, but oh, still there. That's yeah, very true. You know, he he's a podiatrist nightmare. But <laughs> I I love the fact that you're working on this book and it the way, like literally, the end of the first issue and the end of the second one, it is so damn creepy alongside the artwork and it works so well. It's giving me like. I'm getting old school EC comics vibes from this. Yeah, dude, like, that's it rules. That's the highest. That's the highest praise, man. It's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want. Like the um, 
uh, talking to Nick, some of the things that Nick Klein, the artist in this book, um, one of the things we kept coming back to was the old creepy, eerie books, the old Warren Publishing, EC Comics things. Um, a lot of, we talked about Bernie Wrightson a lot. Yes. And, and man, it just, it just oozes out of everything Nick is doing. The art that Nick has given us, man, there's <laughs> like, he's giving us covers on every single page. It's just nuts. It's stupid how good this book looks right now. And it's insane too. Like, you know, even the variant covers, like I got my hands on the uh, Marquez variant and like that thing is straight up gorge. And then you look at the regular cover and you're just like, my God, that is too. I don't double dip or even triple or quadruple, but you know, and I'll do a Hulk Hogan, but let me tell you something, brother. Like this is one of those where I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to go to as much as I can. You know, did you, didn't you guys even get a peach uh, Momoko variant? You've had to, right? On, I know I have not seen a peach variant on this book yet. Uh, I remember the peach that remember the peach Momoka cover on Alien was, I mean, probably <laughs> my favorite of any of the covers that we did on any of those issues. It was just stupid good. I can't wait to, I mean, yeah, at some point there'll be one, I hope. I mean, to quote the Cafe boys, you know, she is the cottage industry. So, you know, give it time. <laughs> totally. We got a Frank Miller cover for number three. This is about to oh, drop. I like yeah, that. I that like pretty that. dope. And it's cool because like, you know, with the character of the Hulk, there's so much you can do with the Hulk. There's so many different iterations, so many variations and, you know, seeing what you can do with the character, you know, you can do hardcore horror, you can do, you know, comedy, you know, as evident with some of the uh, Bill Mantlo run with like the debut of Rocket Raccoon, you can do heartwarming stories, you can do, you know, you can do stories like the Peter David run, which while, you know, is known for the humor has moments of seriousness and heartbreak and that's cool like you wouldn't think this big brooding monster could lead to that but he does yeah agreed yeah that's kind of what i meant when i was talking about stuff you could do with it as you get older he can be so much he can be a i mean he obviously can be a a, a rage metaphor he can be a, a story about abuse he can be a story about um you know the the whole multiple personalities thing is is super important to it and what we're doing with mine I, I'm kind of steering away from the old um, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry thing. And instead I'm treating him like the like the monster of the movie, kind of. Where especially it just felt right after after the events of the Donnie Cates run, um, in which Banner is kind of the bad guy and has this, he's found a way to straight up enslave Hulk and trap him inside his own mind and harness him like a like a force of nature. Hulk's free now and he's super upset. So now he's stalking Banner all the time. So it's almost like a like a, a movie like It Follows or The Ring or something where or um see the new the new one Smile, where you know you're constantly on the run from this thing that's inside of you that you can't escape from, you know. That's that's kind of what Banner is now. So rather than this thing that emerges when he's uh when he when he gets angry, he has to be careful not to be angry because he turns into this other thing. Um he it's a story about one's own worst compulsions about uh, the the war that we all have within ourselves. Like if only I could get a handle on this thing about myself that I hate or this thing inside myself, I'm afraid of like, kind of like a, almost like a, an addiction metaphor. Like what did I do last night? Kind of a thing. Like if only I could get, if I could, uh, if only I could get to work on time, if I could get my, my, um, um, you know, my gambling addiction under control, whatever the thing is that, that lurks, you know, inside you, that's what, that's what, ban that's what Hulk is now. Well, if we can back up a little, Philip, and just find out the beginning of how you and the Hulk got to meet and what is resulting in this now. What's the little backstory on that? 
I had actually just given up my beloved alien because I, I loved alien films and um, working on that book was a dream come true. I mean, that, that was one of the first times that I ever written, like re reached out to my editor. I'm like, give me this book. I'm, I'm perfect with this book. I just really went for it hard. I was like, I'm, I'm the biggest alien fan you've ever heard of. So we did that book together for a couple of years and I loved it. Um, and I was just getting awfully low on bandwidth um, for books. And I was, I felt the time coming when I was not going to have, have the time to, to do my best work. So I ended up stepping away from alien after several arcs. Um, and I was just kind of trying to get caught up on stuff. And then right after that, I got a call from Will Moss, my, this, this editor at Marvel is very well thought of there. And I really, I've heard a lot of good things about Will and I really wanted to work with him. And then Will reached out and was like, would you want to do Hulk? And I was like, man, what do I do? Like I, you know, I'm super busy, but that sounds incredible. And I, I immediately started thinking, about stories I would do with like, what would I do with Hulk? And um, my mind went to an old Hellboy story called the crooked man with Richard Corbin. Ooh. Um, it was just like a Southern Gothic horror story. that was super creepy um, and just beautifully done. And that was kind of the template for what I wanted to do with, with Hulk, with the Hulk story, something more like, um, well, like Hellboy, but also like Hellblazer. Or um, God, what else? Like just stories about um, where somebody is kind of on the run or just kind of wandering through this this amazing tapestry of, of living folklore, you know. Um, and I pitched what I wanted to do, and Will was super receptive to it, and was like, "What about Nick Klein for this?" <laughs> and that just cinched it because even when I was pitching, I was like, I don't know. I got to think about whether I can even take this, but it's, it was just one of those jobs. I just couldn't turn down. And when, when they asked me about Nick Klein, I was like, I mean, God, yeah, yes, I'll do it. Cause I've been, I've been keeping my eye on Nick for a long time. He did a book a long time ago called Viking, the long cold fire. Um, oh, it is <laughs> just amazing. And I mean, he'll, He'll get pissed at me for for talking about it because it's like you know, like any other artist, they don't like looking at their old work. But I think it's brilliant even now. And um, ever since then, I've been watching his work and reading everything he does. Um, when I did um, the Last God, this epic fantasy uh, horror series that I wanted to do years ago, several years ago, Nick was on the short list for that book too. Um, so anyway, it was just a perfect pairing and when I, especially when i called him up about it we started talking about our influences and things we like to do and what we want to do for this book um our shared love of metal music <laughs> like everything just kind of came together um so yeah nick is just a dream collaborator on this book in particular okay so you mentioned the music we have to talk this what is the ideal soundtrack that you know one you listen to while working on the book and two what is your ideal soundtrack that you think the audience should listen to while reading it hmm. Um, I don't listen to music while I write. I find it distracting. It's, it's because I am, a, I am a musician by trade when I'm not doing this. Um, so it's impossible for me to listen to music and not kind of just get into the weeds on it and pick it apart. And I can't just let it wash over me. I mean, sometimes there are film scores that are ethereal enough that I can do it. I used to write Alien with, um, with the Alien scores um, playing behind me. Um, but generally I don't do that. But um I'm kind of gosh. What can I say? Um, Danzig, I think. Like I, I've been listening to. <laughs> my son is uh, is playing drums now, 
he just started playing drums and so i let him listen to old stuff and so, so I, sometimes i'll listen to like he and i will listen to acdc or you know whatever i just put on this all this metal stuff you before that whenever we listen to music we're listening to you know a lot of jazz a lot of film scores a lot of you know um versions of game scores that he likes from his games but then when he picked up drums we started listening to just random things that have cool drum tracks like you know hazy shade of winter or um you know punk stuff or you know whatever so we started listening to misfits whoa oh <laughs> and <laughs> and some uh and that took us to danzig and uh <laughs> in the car and he's got this cute little like little boy voice still and i'm like so what do you like what do you think what do you which one of these songs you like so far and he's like i really like how the gods kill <laughs> he's got this little boy voice it's just the most adorable thing so anyway yeah i love the idea in my mind's eye i have wolverine or not wolverine sorry because i'm also thinking wolverine with uh danzig because they they would be tailor-made for each other totally totally well, but um, what's his name? The Hulk with a devil lock. Like, just imagine that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Actually, yeah. The when we were talking about the about the hair uh, in for Hulk in the book, um, when he, when he uh, we were talking about him having long hair, and when when I was first talking about, it, I was imagining him with a beard as well. Um, and then uh, Nick gave us concepts of of the way it is now in the book, where he's got the long, like the Danzig hair, kind of. And I was like, "What do you think about him?" having him with a beard and it was like nah and that was it we didn't talk about it anymore <laughs> like he just and that, that's fine like he's had such a clear idea but he totally sold me on it i really like the the long hair like danzig hulk and kurt cobain banner is how he described it and um, i really like that and i see that in the book too 100 yeah. that's wild i like that. i know i know i love it so now in regards to the overall visual effect of this book you know you have nick's illustrations but like the coloring too on that is like again i keep using the word but it is straight up gorge like there's just something about that like it's like blacklight poster hollow halloween you know yeah. and like it's the vibe i get and when i'm reading it i'm like i want to like you know just put it in front of a blacklight see what happens because like i feel like that book is tailor-made for that huh i wonder if we can do a cover like that actually i, I like that idea but yeah, you're right. That is kind of the vibe it gives off. And but also in the interiors, it looks like the South. It looks like the American South to me. Yes, it does. Um, I just love it. He was when Nick, you know, Nick actually lived in Germany. And so I sent him a lot of um I used to go to school in a in uh, a part of Kentucky that's not too far from from old coal mining towns, like both both dead and living. Um and uh, so I know that area pretty well. And the first few issues take place in Estill County where where there is a lot of coal mining stuff still and um he would send, so i'd send him a lot of photo ref of of current places but also coal mining got coal towns from like yesteryear and um he asked like are there covered bridges out there i'm like uh a few yeah they're not they're not not there like you don't see them all the time but they're around and so he started that he he drew that scene where they were underneath that covered bridge, like kind of taking shelter from the rain. And it's like, God, this just looks like the South, man. This is so dope. I just I can't say enough good things about Nick. As a, I, I hope I I hope I continue to work with Nick the rest of my career. He's amazing and, you know, just the best. And his work is getting better, like right in front of me. I mean, every issue is more beautiful than the one before. He just sent me a picture of a transformation from, I think, issue six that we're going to see. It's the gnarliest 
Hulk transformation I've ever seen by far. Um, I just, I can't wait for you to see it. Well, can you tell us at least, is it a full figure set of transformation or is it just, you know, waist up or um, locked down to? That particular one? Yeah, for that issue. Which, which ver- Let's I mean, see. We've seen it's, it. It mostly focuses on his face, but okay. it's up. But there, you do see a lot from the rest of his body as well. Yeah. Yep. So I'm pulling it up on my uh, iPad with the award-winning Marvel Unlimited, and I have to just point out one of my absolute favorite things in the uh, at least the first issue alone is that transformation when you see like you never really see it ever, but like when the teeth just get gigantic and jut out and all that, and like that is. Nick at his absolute best of like that body horror kind of thing. It's like exactly it's almost Cronenberg esque, and I love the hell out of man, that. Man, I'm I'm pushing it, man. I like there's stuff coming up. It's even better. I'm I'm really leaning into the uh, the transformations. I I want I want to do a two page spread in every single hmm. issue of this crazy gross body horror transformation. Like I don't think people really think about how horrible that would be because <laughs> I mean those transformations happen fast. And when I when they put me on the book, I was like, I want to see some legit Cronenberg um, transformations happening. And um, yeah, we're getting it so far. When um, when Nick is getting caught up on the other issues, we're bringing in Travel Foreman to do the other issues. So right, so um, let's see. Nick is doing one through three, and six through eight, and Travel is doing four and five, or has done four and five. And uh, there's a there's a pretty cool transformation in four as well. I'm excited for people to see. But yeah, the transformations are always going to be a. There it is. Wow. Yeah, love it. Oh, it is. It is. I realize we're an audio podcast, so ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go check it out, if you're on Comicsology, it's on page. Oh no, my iPad's messing up. Um, <laughs> it is on page twenty-two or twenty-one. The twenty-one page issue, or I don't even know how to talk anymore. But it is. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it's the Hulk. The Hulk brings out something in me. I, you know, my my tongue turns <laughs> to the Hulk. Something too. You can speak in syllables or something like that. It's you know? true. I put the accent on the long, wrong syllable. Yeah, but in process, uh, that kind of answers the question I had too. There, Philip was how far ahead are you? Were in newsstands? What at issue two? I guess right now. And you're talking six. Three is next week, as of this recording on August. Yeah, 20th. I'm I'm writing seven right now. And um, I'll actually actually be writing, (laughs) I'll be writing nine before I finish eight um, because I am writing the arcs for the specific artists. And um, Nick is, I don't, I don't really like it when an adventure kind of breaks up in the middle of a story with different art styles. So Nick is doing six, seven, eight. That's one, that's one arc. Um, I don't think we're spoiling anything. They've already, they've already shown the cover. That's the one that shows uh, World War II Ghost Rider. So he's working on that right now. And then nine and 10 is a different story. That's again, just for that artist. Um, so yeah, I'll be skipping around a little bit writing uh, different arcs all at once. Too early to tell, or, you know, it's a spoiler thing to to say, all right, how far is this going to go? Um, forever and ever. Well, I, I mean, yeah, dude, I don't I like that. I, they asked me just, uh, just they had an idea of what we were looking at the next year or so they asked me for a 12 issue outline and i gave them exponentially more than that <laughs> um and they didn't seem to mind that was like 30 plus issues um and you know comics are comics are dynamic and there's a you know finite number of resources like human resources like as far as you know writers and artists and everything else and ca- the calendar year and how many books are putting out so 
if they decide that um, they need resources someplace else, sometimes they move people around. But if they keep Nick and me on it long term, as I hope they will, and the reception has been really strong so far. If that continues, and so <laughs> man, if we're having as much fun as we are right now, I I would I don't want to go anywhere. Um, I will say whenever the whenever the day comes where you know it's starting to feel like a grind, we should probably go and do something different before it starts to before the reader can feel it. Um, but I do not anticipate that happening for honestly ever. Like it's it's a really great time uh, doing work that, that I feel like matters. Like I'm telling a story that matters to me personally. The character of Charlie is really important to me. Um, the story we're about to tell with Hulk matters to me. We're plus we're adding to the mythology of Marvel that you know to me is a big deal. Um, so it's an honor to get to do this and especially with this creative team. So I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the marvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad free. $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One fantastic voyage where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, Pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. Well, speaking of characters, and again, without spoiling, are there any that you've had in your head or otherwise that you would like to see incorporated to the world of Hulk? A World War II Ghost Rider was in my head from the very beginning. Oh. And part of that is because he was, I'm just, you know, I've already said it out loud elsewhere. I'll, there's a, there's a team book that I want to do someday, uh, a World War II era, like Inglorious Bastards kind of, kind of thing with Marvel characters. Like I just have, I got this thing, I got like a Nazi hang up kind of, <laughs> uh, Nazis are like perfect villain, nature's perfect villain. Um, and I, I want to do a, uh, like a Nazi, you know, kill squad fantasy kind of book with like Logan and sergeant fury with two eyes and peggy carter and teenage psycho bucky but it would be kind of built around this world war ii era ghost rider and that would kind of like get killed and rise from the grave like the crow and take revenge on these like black science nazis so oh. that's the story i want to take but his so the in the uh introduction to that ghost rider was always going to be in this book so we're about to do that story and as expected nick is crushing the art um Ghost Rider aside, yeah, there are other. I just I just pitched another idea for a, for a new monster uh, to Nick that just about made him barf. I I should. It's pretty. It's uh, it's very body horror, and he was like, "Man, are they gonna let us do that?" I'm like, "I don't know. We'll see." <laughs> like, I mean, there is no comic code as evident on my text. exactly. Once you draw it, what are they gonna do? It's um, funny though because uh, you know this series like. With the emphasis on the monsters, I was very glad to see my close personal friend, the man thing, make his appearance and very nice. Very yeah, nice. thanks. I mean, it just seemed like a perfect fit. I like man thing a lot. Um, He's a very underappreciated character in the Marvel Universe, and I feel like there needs to be more man thing. You know, why not? Yeah, agreed. There's a new um, there's a new kind of a 
well, let's see. I'm sure you meant established characters. So I'll I'll pivot a little bit. I keep I'm thinking about all these new new ones I want to talk about, but um gosh, what else? There's um Werewolf by Night would be really fun. I'm sure we'll get to him. Um I kind of like the missing link, man. You guys remember the missing link? Oh, kind of, yeah, yeah. Was he very, very pink skinned? Yeah, yeah. He's like this cave monster thing. He's he's kind of cool. And there's a there's a cool thing that we can do with him that I'd like to I'd like to do. Um, gosh, what else? Well, in this, in one in a, in a vague round number, how many of these new ones are you kicking around in your head? How many how many issues? New 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 characters you were saying you wanted to talk about. Oh, but wouldn't want to go there. But... Um, let's see. <laughs> we double digits already oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean off the top of my head there's there's the detective character there's yeast mother <laughs> there's uh uh that's my least favorite danzig song by the way yeast mother <laughs> <laughs> it's just a doughy version there's uh god what else there's a uh, frozen charlotte there's uh sounds like a beverage I shouldn't get into too many of these. It's yeah, there's a, there's a lot. It's yeah, I'd say double digits. I wanted to ask you in your mind's eye, do you with that you know the Inglorious Bastards esque style book? Do you have an artist in your mind's eye of who you would want? Because I'll say it right off the bat, everybody you said that is prime Howard shaking stuff. Like I want to see that, right? That would be cool. Because hey, Blackhawk, you know, mm. War or no, he didn't do War as heck. I don't want to say <laughs> that he had little hockey sticks. Oh. Which is funny. I picked up the one issue that was, you know, the hardest one to get. My first Marvel book ever was War as Hell. Really? Yeah. Nick Lowe, the editor, reached out to me. They were doing those, um, like, 80th anniversary celebration issues. Like, they they would bring out these old dead uh, series as as one-shots. I love that. And they that. did a War as Hell issue with Howard Shaken doing a 10-pager and then with me doing 10 pages. And that was my first Marvel gig ever. And they told me I was going to be chasing shaking. I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say no. But the, lo- the lovable and always friendly Howard Shaken. Exactly. No, he's, he's so great. Though. He's so I mean, he has actually, he and I get along extremely well. Shaken is, um, he's got this encyclopedic knowledge of Broadway, th- of musical theater. Um, and I'm a musician. Like I, I used to tour with the Glenn Miller band for like a year and a half or something. So like we, and I, I know a lot about jazz and he's our realms of influence are, are uh, of expertise are very different, but uh, we know a lot of the same stuff. And so I, when we met, I, I mentioned that, you know, I was a musician and we talked a lot about music. So yeah, he's a good guy. You are so damn unique. I, I never knew that part about the, uh, the Glenn Miller band thing. That's insane. No, oh, thanks. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a cool gig. It was hard living for sure, but it was good because they tier, they tour all year round. Like they never go home. So a year and a half of that is a lot, but it was, uh, but it was cool. I'm glad I did it. Um, but yeah, let's see. And actually the, the creature in that story, I make th- that story is called war devil. And um, it's a kind of a metaphor for PTSD. Um, there's a, I basically explains PTSD as a, like a African mythical spirit that becomes the first hunter of men. You know, it talks about where, where war comes from and this thing that spreads through, through spilled blood and everything. Um, and that's going to make an appearance in Hulk. Nice. And it, you know, it's funny because like your love, you just mentioned about, you know, the war is hell and also just like the horror kind of elements, like what connects you so well to the horror stuff? Like what attracts you to it? 
Um, and I don't know, it's just always been there. I mean, I, um, I will say, I don't know. Like I, I like, I don't know, man. I just like horror. I like, uh, I enjoy fighting. <laughs> like I do, I do MMA. I'm like, I'm drawn to violence in a kind of a way that I, I know it might sound, you know, creepy to say out loud, but I don't know. I just, there's something about violence that, that attracts me in a, in a, a dare you kind of challenging myself kind of way. Um, something about, um, about trauma that I find really interesting. Um, something about, I don't know, man, there's the, there's like a haunting, um, lingering thing about violence and trauma that I, that I find really compelling. Um, and as somebody who has, has been through some abuse myself, I hope this is not, I'm sorry if this is an overshare, but like have, having been abused, I, um, I just, I kind of don't know who I am without bruises. I don't know. I don't like, I there's something about, about violence. It's just like, I can't let go of. And, um, and the horror element, there's some, it's like an echo of that is, is, uh, is in my love of, of horror stories as well. I don't know. Maybe it's not healthy. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm putting off some readers here, but that's, that's the truth. Well, like everything else, I was going to say in, in moderation and, uh, you know, I, I can appreciate what you're saying, but I think too, like, going to the movies comic books are an escape and if flip side of maybe personal characteristics that you aspire to be you want to be a good person in general in life i'm being too up in the clouds maybe but but what's the other side like and it's something where you can you know peek into and look and see what that world is like not that you want to go there only in terms of reading about it and so there is an attraction if you will to actually that. actually yeah you expressed it in a way that i was not i, I could not put my finger on but um but writing that stuff is a way to get it out in a way that is really healthy and just feels like really therapeutic. And you can actually tell the way I try to tell stories that matter um, through genre trappings. Um, that is never more true than with like stories about violence or horror elements, you know, like there's things that just, that, uh, that just demand stories that just demand to be told um things i things i care about things i can't stop thinking about things i'm afraid of you know mm -hmm. um so horror stories are so just a really like, really convenient way to get out stories that just in my my own mind that just have to be told and it's it's very interesting because you know i know you for so many different types of writing and you like you don't stick with one genre you really don't make it your wheelhouse like you do the horror you do the science fiction you do the you know the uh, super heroics of Superman. And there's all sorts of different elements, different styles. You remind me of Chip Zdarsky in that way, because like Chip isn't nailed down to one specific, you know, genre. So I like seeing that about you where it's like you go a full gamut and you don't, you know, have one thing be specifically something you're known for. You are everything and you can master it. And I like seeing that. No, oh, thank you, man. That's kind of you to say. Yeah, man, Chip is, I can't hang with that. Chip's great. <laughs> um, yeah, it's when when people found out I was doing, I mean, usually my uh, my DC readers know me for for action comics. And um, when they found out I was doing this horror thing or that, or they they trip over my old horror stuff, like my first web comic or some other, or like Last God, my other, my epic horror fantasy thing. They're like, huh, I only knew you as like the, the hopeful truth and justice guy. And like, this is not that at all. Like, no, no, it's a different uh different muscle to flex i gotta it's just a different story i want to tell i mean I there are the suit the uh superman stuff is a very 
is a is a place to tell stories about um um about america about my own my own son my love for my son and how i just do anything for him and just the what i want the world to be for him and um what i what the best of humanity can be what we should all aspire to be and then hulk is the story now where it's all about um fear of one's own self you know about fear of what's inside you how do you master it and um you know how do you how do you master your the rage that's been that's that's growing and you you can't that you can't control and it's just a very different um it's just scratch part of me is still thinking of what you said before about world war ii ghostwriter and <laughs> how and how this i guess and i hadn't thought of it too much until maybe with respect to those films about that being like logan a sort of timeless or very very long established character but in relation to comics how i think ghostwriter had started as a western hero and, or a Western character. So maybe this is a point in time where, hey, what about from this time period? Um, sorry, what about? That we have a ghostwriter that's focused on this era, this point in time, because if I remember ghostwriter history, he starts off as a Western type character. Oh, yeah. I, you know, the story that we're about to tell with ghostwriter and Hulk together, um, it's very much a team up story. And it actually is pretty timely in that it's, um, I mean, this is a guy who, who fought Nazis in his day. Um, and now his, um, but the, the spirit of vengeance in this particular story um, is not as actually not the ghostwriter himself. It's this kid and ghostwriter is kind of like his guardian angel. He comes up to to uh, protect this kid, and the kid is inspired by a real kid who died in the Evaldi shooting. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a story that's which is in part why the War Devil is in that arc as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, that's a that's a very clear case of me uh, trying to tell just a way for me to get a story out of me that needs to be told. Um, where it's um, you know, this spirit of vengeance. Um, just kind of wraps its arms around this kid and protects him from, you know, from something that's coming. So now with a lot of the characters out there in the Marvel universe with you, with all these different genres, are there any kind of characters that you would want to tackle down the line that you could see yourself, you know, maybe gravitating towards? Oh man. Uh, come on. Yeah. I mean, I love Nick Fury. I mean, obviously he's back in that, he's in that, that uh, World War II book as well, but um, let's see. Moon Knight. Everyone wants to write Moon Knight. Yes. I love Moon Knight. Um, I love he's he's as crazy as Batman kind of ought to be, <laughs> you know. Um would you, would you be responsible for him getting his money back from Dracula? <laughs> I don't know. It's all in the the fun is all in the in the chase, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um for the Dr. record strange be dope. Man, I don't know. I mean, honestly, Ghost Rider. I got it. I got a shot to write Ghost Rider once, and I I could not take it at the time. But oh, that would have been well, that would have been so cool. Um, what else? Um, I love Cap too. I'll be honest. You telling your story earlier about being, you know, a skinny kid that got bullied. Like, I'm sorry. You're thinking Hulk at one point. I'm like, no, this is Captain America right here. Like, that is completely Captain America. I'm like, no, I'm waiting for you to go. Yeah. And then I got the super soldier serum. It was pretty good. Yeah. No, I, 
Um, well, if you notice in the stories, Charlie starts out as a cap as a capstan. Like she's got that the cap shield on the on her backpack. She was, I mean, she she sees Cap as her hero before Hulk shows up. She's like, Cap's the man. He's super strong and fast and awesome, and nothing can hold him down. He never quits. And then she, but she's just trying to get out of get you know run away from home and you know get her life started. And then she finally gets her way out. But it's not Hulk. It's not Cap that shows up. It's Hulk. And then she's just like enamored with this. Like, oh my god, he's so powerful. And she just she's always hated how weak she is. You know, she um she thinks Banner's super lame because she sees her own perceived weakness in him, and she just thinks Hulk is incredible. So she has a very different relationship with Hulk than she does with Banner going forward because she just sees herself in Banner and hates it. And I don't know. I just yeah, there's a there's a lot of that whole uh, that uh, Steve Rogers vibe and and that kid that I was for sure. But the the Hulk fascination was there too. That's the second time I heard you slip in an incredible in, in terms of the Hulk too. Oh, Eddie, it was Eddie, just Eddie, in a matter of regular conversation, but I see what you did there. Second nature. So now with this, on top of that, you were working on Alien. Obviously, you know, it's one of those things of the, again, the level of horror and science fiction, you know, two of your loves like merged together into, you know, like a uh, two-headed dragon thing. I couldn't find an analogy for that. <laughs> uh, but, you know... Working on a franchise like that, what is it like, you know, stepping foot in that, you know, world? In Alien? Yeah. Oh, my God. I um, I mean, that's a movie. I don't even remember how old I was when I watched Alien for the first time. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, way too young for sure. But I just, I can't even imagine not having seen it. I can't imagine seeing it for the first time and not knowing what was coming. Um, it's just always been there. Um, but just the the imagery of the the Giger alien and the lore, like the, the first two movies together, just just perfect storytelling. I mean, that first one is just all the lore and the the backstory that you never entirely see. And um it's just like these this series of emotional car crashes, like one every few minutes. Like you, you see the the derelict for the first time, you're like, what the f is this huge thing? And you get inside and there's a space jockey and there's all the eggs and the thing on the face and then the dinner scene and mm. and then you you know you see the thing grown like it's all so fast you're just like what is happening you just can't you just can't handle how crazy everything is but it really becomes what it is i mean ripley becomes the action star that she is in the second film where you get all that emotional development and figure out who she actually is as a person and you find out about her family and kind of builds this new family around her um it's just uh i just can't shut up about alien man i i love the concept i love the lore i love those characters um when i yeah when i found out that marvel i i didn't know that marvel was getting i mean it made sense obviously when marvel snapped up uh or excuse me when when disney snapped up fox it made sense that those things were going to be coming but then when they announced with the like the sample art of um of the predator and alien stuff and the announcement i just did the straight up chuck liddell like this is incredible i can't wait to see this and and i called jordan white who is he had been my editor on marvel zombies uh let's see marvel zombies resurrection that we had done and i assumed they already had a team put together by the time they did the announcement but i also thought that they might do spinoff stuff like they did with conan so I reached out to Jordan. I was like, oh, my God, you got to give me something on Alien. Like, I know everything about it. Ask me anything right now. I just 
I kind of kicked the door in with a shotgun and, and, uh, and Jordan did the straight up like Homer into the bushes thing. Like, <laughs> and I, what I didn't know is that somebody behind the scenes was already kind of pitching for me to do that book, which I didn't know. That's awesome. Yeah. So when I kind of like did the, did the, you know, tuck and roll out of the car into the office and, and just demanded it, they took notice and they're like, okay, pitch us, you know, what, what would you want to do? And I did. I kind of went in there with the, the big tome of knowledge and my spectacles and was like, here's what I would do. Here's what you should do. Here's where Dark Horse went wrong. Here's what you should do instead. And, and all that. And they they went for it. Would your Did your pitch involve uh, Paul Reiser's character from Aliens? <laughs> it sure didn't. Um, oh, that'd, I, be per- that'd be a perfect one shot. They did. I know. Actually, it would. <laughs> no, they... The um they said I could use people from the from the the black. So what they said was, yeah, if you want to use Ripley, you can use whoever you want. He said, don't maybe not Michael Bean. I guess he's weird about his likeness getting used, but anyone else is good. Um, and I like Bishop's all I want. Just give me Bishop. And um, and I had I did have one hard decision to make because uh, traditionally Alien has the female hero, but Ripley is just the it's such this just commanding presence in alien mythology. I was like, anyone I create is going to be compared to Ripley and unavoidably it will be like, they will not hang with Ripley. Um, and so I wanted to do a, I wanted to really change it. So it, it was a risk. I didn't want to kind of change the whole flavor of what alien is, but it felt important. Um, so instead I give us uh, the perspective of a company man, somebody inside Will and Yutani, because I've always wanted to see more of that company. Um, and I kind of want to see the, plus i'm an american soldier so it kind of fit i was like let's let's uh give them the company man perspective and, and show somebody who's like having a hard time with their place in the world right now um so yeah that's kind of where the where the story took me but man i'm i'm so proud to get to be a part of that mythology i really wanted to tell a story that felt like it belonged on the shelf with the other films that's that's where i felt like dark horse went off the rails like i those stories are awesome but they also got so creative and a lot of that creativity fed on itself until it, it became this other, almost like an alternate universe kind of version of itself. I, I didn't, a lot of those stories don't feel like they belong in the same Canon with the films. And uh, now that they were all part of one, you know, Disney verse kind of a thing, it made sense that, that we could bring back some cohesion with the films. So that's what I went for big time. Kind of like how with uh star Wars with the uh, quote unquote EU legends, how that's more right. like trying to be like star trek-esque science fiction whereas you know george was not like oh, well we're gonna be going to do this kind of stuff it's like no right. it's not you know, it doesn't match up at all yeah i was i was kind of a stickler about um about uh continuity when we were doing our stuff and disney and also like the the fox notes the people from the fox i mean that, that fox was already kind of going away but it was people who were in charge of the fox fighting out know, the foxy stuff um they were not, they're not always responsive. It's been no, enough time has passed now. Like they kind of don't want to, they don't want to get like give any secrets away. I want to know what was coming because you know, they were developing film and TV and stuff. And like the, the game was about to come out and I wanted to know like what was coming out so that it would all be cohesive. And they're yeah. like, man, eh, we don't want to tell you. I'm like, no, no, I insist. And I, I kind of made a lot of calls and kinda, the door. I just kept banging on that door. Yeah. And eventually actually kind of got some, some little clues from behind the scenes. Like I found out who was giving them notes, like who the lore masters that they brought in as consultants and all that. And we were kind of talking offline. So I was trying to, I just really wanted it all to belong in one universe. 
And it's interesting too, because, you know, with everything coming on board with, you know, the whole Disney Fox acquisition and you're bringing in different properties, obviously one thing that I would love to see you work on, don't know how much you're, you know, into that brand, but Predator, Predator would be fantastic. Maybe even, you know, doing it, you know, a Jesse Ventura, which I totally will not do my Jesse, the body Ventura impression in the middle of this interview. Mm -hmm. Oh, crap. And Predator's cool. I, I would love to do Predator. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna claim that that means as much to me as alien does yeah. uh, alien to me is just like sun and moon i love alien um but predator super dope i mean i read the novelizations as a kid and everything i was i was definitely way into that as well um and i kind of do have feelings on it like when i when i saw alien 2 the first time and you see the xenomorph skull on the wall and everything um i was incredibly excited at the at the prospects what that could mean um I do think that those films, the AVP films are kind of a cautionary tale. Like, okay, this is a lesson on how not to do this, in my opinion. Um, but I do have, I definitely have stuff I would do. Like if, if I was given the reins on that thing, um, I, uh, I, I kind of have an idea in mind of where that might go. So now before we wrap this episode up, Philip, I want to say thank you on behalf of both myself and Eddie. Although Eddie, you can say it too. I can. I was going yes. to say that you're handling the reins on the Incredible Hulk run that you're doing now. How's your work schedule and certain times of day, certain hours of the day, you, you know, fluctuates and what other stuff might you be uh, giving your time to? Um, in comics or like life? <laughs> yeah, all the above. <laughs> Primarily the comics. Um, well, I, I, I make time for my son every day, no matter what. And um, he's he's got his his fingers in a lot of stuff right now. He's uh, he's playing drums. He's also playing trumpet. So I'm giving him giving him trumpet lessons um and uh keeping him up on his reading we read together every night no matter what is going on like we'll always he likes taking a little nighttime walk we'll take a night, nighttime walk and then read before bed no matter what every day um i do still play in military a military band um, i'm in the u.s army and i have a have music responsibilities but also army responsibilities and I'm writing like five books right now. So it's kind of a lot. Honestly, the, the balance is kind of a nightmare, <laughs> but I'm, but the, but the work is really rewarding. You know, I mean, I get to, I'm writing the incredible Hulk with a friggin' dream team, creative team, just unbelievable people, great editors. It's, I love doing that book. Um, 007, uh, action comics, Green Lantern, um, a creator owned book coming out soon that I can't wait for you guys to see. Um, yeah, I'm staying busy for sure, but it's, you know, I feel like I'm doing some of the best work in my career right now. Um, Incredible Hulk is, I mean, definitely no exception. I can't, I can't say enough nice things about that, about this creative team. I, um, at some point I'll be, I know I'll be washed up and then I can rest. (laughs) Um, so anyway, before we let you get going, how can people get a hold of you on them? Their social medias. Well, I have a website, philipkennedyjohnson.com, two L's and Philip. I'm also on, <laughs> man, it's all, it's all mixed up now. I'm on, I'm on Twitter and dumb. I'm on Twitter and threads and blue sky and Facebook and all that stuff. Instagram. I'm not, I don't post as much as I should because it's all spread over the place right now, but I am pretty much everywhere. So look me up. Blue sky is where it's at. Let's be honest. I do like it. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's great to meet you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for what you've done and for your service and uh, hopefully have a good, long, green run. Thanks, Eddie. It's an honor. Green in many more ways than one. See you.
For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Philip Kennedy Johnson. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior! <laughs>